welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. Reinvestigates Afghanistan, Lithium and more. I'm Catherine Williams, Head of Content at IOM3. Afghanistan is rich in resources such as rare earth metals, lithium and uranium among others. The country has been hitting the headlines this year because of the US and UK withdrawal of troops and the swift Taliban takeover. Our guest today is Henk van Alphen, CEO of Wealth Minerals, who has a particular interest in lithium. Henk, I hope you don't mind me describing you as a mining veteran who has experienced multiple resource sector cycles. Welcome to IOM3 Investigates. Thank you very much, Catherine. It'd be a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure to be on the call. Hi. So. so, Hank, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your career? Yes, I, I, I'd be happy to do so. I really uh, I immigrated oh, from God. Holland to Italy. I'll make it kind of a somewhat romantic. I, uh, I immigrated from uh, Holland to Canada, and uh, the idea was that I was actually going to be living in the wilderness, and this, this is why I came here, and that's what I did. So I built myself a cabin, lived there, hunted and fished. So I became a very extreme outdoorsman, and that's how, how after that I went to university, and while I was a student, I was hired by a mining expert company because I was such a great outdoorsman. So this this is how I actually fell into the mining industry, really. And, you know, mining, of course, is done in very remote locations mm-hmm. and in the wilderness. So, so that's how I started my career, and that was in the late 70s. Uh, so I've been around for a while. 1990, I started my first resource company and uh, started in Argentina, of all places. So I've been in South America since let's say 1990, but all over the world as well. But the main, the main focus has always been South America, Peru, you know, Chile, Ecuador, um, all those wonderful places. So okay. it's been actually a very interesting career because you see places that most people will never get to. Yet. So I, I'm very fortunate in that sense. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of where your interest in lithium first came from, working in, in that region? No, the um, you know I live in Vancouver, so Vancouver is really the center of the, uh, or was well still is let's say the center of really the the mining industry and sort of the exploration business in mining and Vancouver is a major center for that. Vancouver, Toronto, um, so you know so that's where it really all originates from Vancouver. They used to have they call it the Vancouver Stock Exchange, but it's now the TSXV. But that's what uh, we all got financed through. You know, through Vancouver Stock Exchange money, let's say, and it allowed us to go and explore. And I and and eventually we started exploring all over the world. Let's say so. Initially, it was all mainly focused in Canada, but now it's mm-hmm. everywhere in the world. So, um, the end of the last commodities super cycle in 2010, former Afghan Mines Minister Wadila Sereni 
said that the country's resources could be worth up to three trillion US dollars. Obviously, it's likely to be worth more now. What risks are presented to the global mineral industry by the change in power in Afghanistan? Afghanistan is, you know, they say two trillion, you know, you pick a number, you mean, you could probably pick whatever number it's. I would say all these projects, or most of them are, let's say, early stage, and there's probably a lot of arm waving going on to get a project, like an, an exploration target to a production's performance is a long ways and a, and a lot of time and a lot of money. And you need infrastructure and all this kind of wonderful stuff. So Afghanistan, if these projects would ever get developed, which I doubt very much, but ever get developed, it will be a long time before before you see anything coming out of that country. And that's just not just only Afghanistan. It's just that it just takes a long, long time and a lot of money and a lot of expertise and infrastructure and all these things. So I wouldn't be laying awake if I was um, worried about an oversupply coming out of Afghanistan. I, I wouldn't be laying awake over that any, any time soon. So um, if we're ever going to see these projects come to fruition, there's going to need to be international involvement and cooperation so that experts can come in from other countries to help develop these projects? Well, the, um, you know, the Americans have only been there for the last 20 years and probably blown about two or three trillion dollars so far. So I, I doubt if they have any appetite to go back there to see if they can develop any uh, uh, mineral deposits. Um, I know that the Chinese took on a copper project in 2008 Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how much copper is coming out of uh, Afghanistan so far, besides zero. So it would be of all the the people in the world that would maybe go in there. It would, it would be the Chinese. But uh, you know, after being there for twelve, thirteen years and having not produced one pound, I'm not so sure that they would be lining up for it too much either. But you know, you know, if there is enough resources there, somebody will maybe take a stab at it. But that will be so far in the future, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and the way the situation is in Afghanistan, nobody knows from one day to the next what it really means for the future. Given that we're looking at China and potentially Chile to keep supplying the global demand for lithium, do you feel those two countries can provide enough lithium for us to continue our, our drive towards electric vehicles and sustainability? No, the, uh, the, the problem with lithium is going to be, and this is going to happen in the near, near future, so the lithium market today is something like, let's just say, call it 400,000 tons of lithium a year, and, and um, China doesn't really have a lot of lithium. They, they are the largest battery producer in the mm-hmm. world, but they don't really have a lot of lithium in China itself. So then when you look at lithium projects coming on, and we are based in Chile, but you know the, the, the demand is somewhat, they're talking about 40 times increase in lithium demand in the next 20 years, 25 years, 40 times. So when you look at a lithium project, as many lithium projects on the brine projects, let's say they, they talk about 20,000 tons a year or 25,000 tons a year. Well, 40 times 400, I don't know what that number is, but it sounds more than 40,000. So, so there, there really 
there really is going to be an issue with lithium in, in, in as I said in the near future there's going to have to be so many mines coming on stream and I have no idea where they're where they would come from Chile has the largest lithium deposits in the world there's a few bright brines there they have mm-hmm. what they call the Atacama Solar wealth minerals actually has a piece of that that's probably one of the larger resources in the world but you're still not talking about hundreds of thousands of tons I mean there's probably a hundred thousand tons like maybe a little bit over that produced today and let's just say it goes to 200,000 tons or whatever but you're still you're still short by millions mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. I don't really know you know where that would come from I mean the, and the price of lithium has is reflected in, in that kind of worry because it's gone from let's say 6,000 to 16,000 in the last six months Yep, we have a small project in the UK in Cornwall, which is a brines project, but it certainly won't be producing the volumes that you see from Chile. No, <laughs> um, no, I'm not sure. It's, I don't know. I I haven't really looked at the future production there, but let's say it's ten thousand tons of lithium carbonate equivalent, or you yep. know, I, uh, maybe it's twenty, but it, but it's nothing that's going to you know really solve the world's lithium demand. So what do you think the solution to that is? Are we looking at alternate battery chemistry or are we looking at reducing the number of cars that we have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope we don't start out by reducing the number of cars we have would be a horrible way to to solve the issue. But, you know, in in, uh, let's say in the brine business and the brines, you know, most of them are in in what they call the lithium triangle, Argentina, Bolivia, uh, Chile. Those, the the production levels in those areas can go up quite a bit, but that would be based on a new technology, let's say, because today, most of these brines, actually what they do is they put, they pump the brines into evaporation ponds, Mm -hmm. evaporate off the water, and then scrape off the lithium, let's say, simple explanation of what goes on. So it's relatively inefficient and there's more and more opposition. You know, if you're if you're in a dry area, evaporating water doesn't seem to be the, the most wonderful idea, mm-hmm. let's say. So but there are technologies coming on stream that may solve that problem whereby you just take the lithium out of the brine and you just pump mm-hmm. the brine back into the solars. So that will that will definitely increase, let's say, the production coming out of those areas. But you know, that's a new technology that that hasn't mm-hmm. been established yet. But that certainly will allow a lot of lithium to be mined in in the in the lithium triangle. And mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously, people are working hard to get that done. Uh, the hard rock lithium—that's just a matter of looking around the world, looking for hard rock situations. But generally, they're smallish not so high grade deposits though you're the ones that are like in australia in operation are generally let's say exceptions to the rule yeah so let's say the low hanging fruit picked yeah. okay so is there a solution as there is with you know in some cases where very old tailings can be reprocessed to obtain some minerals is there a similar solution to that with lithium is it worth well, revisiting <laughs> You will get to, you know, recycling is going to be a major part of that whole process, obviously, because because as lithium gets to be more and more expensive, I mean, uh, people find all kinds of ways to, A, get around it, yeah, or 
recycle it or find new ways to get it. So I, I would say eventually the, may, the lithium market may, may be supplied, even though I, I honestly, honestly don't actually know how it will do that because I still think we're going to be like in a, in a shortage situation. But who knows? And then the battery technology may change as well, whereby you use less lithium or, you know, those kind of things. I mean, battery technology changes every day. I mean, mm-hmm. every day you open up a report and somebody has another great idea about batteries. But so far, lithium batteries are here to stay. And this technology has been around for 20-something years, you know. So it's mm-hmm. they're getting better and better. But there will be a, a big pressure on, on lithium supplies, really. I mean, uh, just... I don't, and I don't really see how it's going to get solved anytime soon. And that actually sort of kind of interesting. This is the first time in my career that you see, you know, battery makers or even now car companies, mm-hmm. Tesla comes to, of course, that are sort of going right down to the commodity level, you know, making sure yeah. that they actually get that stuff. And, and I have never seen that in my career in any commodity. British Volt in the UK recently announced a deal with Glencore where their um, their deal is for cobalt so that they're sourcing the cobalt for the batteries and you mentioned Tesla there well they recently announced they're moving towards iron-based batteries which will still involve lithium because it's a lithium-ion phosphate cell and Ford plan to use that for commercial vehicles and Volkswagen plan to use it in some entry-level vehicles. So I suppose the question there is, what might that shift mean potentially for the nickel and cobalt markets if those minerals aren't needed for battery production? Do you think there'd be a huge shift in the value of those markets? Cobalt's probably, you know, the, this is actually, an int- cobalt is an interesting commodity because because this is also where all this, you know, everybody worries about sort of the social issues, the environmental mm-hmm. issues, and, and cobalt obviously is the one that makes this all happen, because guess where the cobalt is coming from, or most of it, yeah, from the DRC, yeah. and, you know, everybody is not very happy as to how that's being mined there, and, and how the DS, DRC is operated, so I say there will be an, a, a really big push to to get batteries without cobalt, mm-hmm. yeah, because you know, because really the DRC is an obvious place to go when you want to find cobalt, and it's not that it's not that easy to find, and that's hence mm-hmm. the price. I mean, the price of cobalt is way up there. Yeah? yeah. So there has been a big push, and I would suspect that in the future, cobalt is not going to be in batteries. On the other side, there's probably enough demand for cobalt that the price won't come down, but at least the battery manufacturers don't have to put up with it. And and it's a much, let's say, a much cleaner battery, let's say. We've, we've been hearing so much lately about the materials super cycle, and we've been seeing changing prices for metals and record, record numbers. So where do you think we are in the cycle at present, and what might happen next? Well, you, you know, we're going through a whole new, uh, we're, we're going to the new green deal, let's say. So, and that will require a lot of, you know, electricity is just using a lot of copper, let's say, and other metals. So, so the demand is just barely started. I mean, every every government in the world is going to be 
banning internal combustion cars and you know and, and, mm -hmm. and renewable energy all that will use a lot more metal than the old way of uh, doing it so so we are going to in certain metals for sure we are going to go into a super cycle for, for that kind of stuff just just the way we change the world and then and the COVID 19 has of course helped tremendously with this push now everybody realizes we really need to have a clean environment yeah so mm -hmm. i i would say yeah you know if you're in the in the energy the renewable energy uh battery business and and batteries interestingly enough are going to be playing a big role of that because of course all the electricity that's being produced you stick a battery pack next to it suddenly you become a lot more efficient and that was not possible a few years ago because batteries were so expensive but the price of batteries is just happily going down and down and down so that's so now we're going to have you know power production with batteries attached to it so so it's so that 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 whole thing is just laid out every government is signing on to it so there's no stopping there anymore so that that super cycle is happening if you like it or not and there's nobody that's going to turn that back to say oh we're changing our mind to that the new green deal is here to stay so where does wealth minerals fit into that where are your projects feeding into to the new green deal and to sustainability well we our main our projects we have several projects in, in chile i kind of focused on chile as because it's probably one of the more let's say easier environment stable environments in south america to work and it's you know and also it does have you know let's say the second largest lithium resource in the world are mm -hmm. in, in, in chile so for us we really just need to move our projects forward in, a, in, a, in an environmentally and social uh, proper way. So this and this is taking time and it's going to take time and money. So we will never be able to go there and say, oh, we're going to be evaporating brine and then scraping off lithium. So we need to, we're really heavily relying on new technologies to move the project forward. And we've done a deal with a company called uh, Uranium One, which Mm -hmm. happens to have a technology that that actually takes the amount of brines so now it's just for us it's just a process that we move forward but i've stayed in chile focused there so as a, as a country that i picked mm -hmm. and there is lots of lithium in chile so we'll be okay as a company we'll be okay for for a while do we solve the world's problem probably not but at least we can help excellent <laughs> and um so what's next for you guys then when when do you expect this new technology to come to fruition when are we going to see you helping solve the world's problems it's a bit of a process unfortunately <laughs> Catherine so I would say don't don't hold your breath okay but you know we will there are a few things that I you know I can't really talk about on this one on this mm -hmm. podcast sorry but there are some things in the background with our company that you know that will make it look like we'll be you know we'll be changing things with partners that we're talking to and then we'll move things forward so i can't really tell you too much about that but yeah technology will be involved in some other corporations let's say and then and then we're ready to go so okay so I, 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 yeah and it will happen probably fairly quickly okay you need to keep us keep us in the loop about that keep keep us updated as soon as, as soon as the news is out, uh, we should have another podcast and I'll tell you exactly how this is all going to go. 
that would be good to know how it's all going to work and how the new technology takes away the, the lithium from the brines. You've also got precious metal projects going on as well, haven't you? Uh, well, I'm sorry, I, you know, when I actually started talking about Vancouver being the center of sorry, the exploration business, that means, you know, it is a town where you have many companies here and uh, it's not particularly focused on one commodity and, that, and my career has never been focused on one commodity, it's just lithium, I've been in the lithium you know, I've looked at lithium for a while now, but sort of wealth has been involved in this project, so let's say, for five years. So I, you know, after five years, I almost like to think I know something about it. But yeah, there is copper. Uh, I'm involved in a copper gold gold company. And, and that's just a, by virtue of how the, the exploration business works, let's say. So, I mean, um, you know, in our office, we probably have, you know, six or seven companies. Okay, cool. Um... And also, of course, copper is something we're going to need a lot more of for the electric vehicle market as well. Yeah, yeah, Those, no. yeah. I mean, I started a copper company that is World Copper, actually. So World Copper, LTD, as we mentioned. And so it's copper in Chile, of all places. <laughs> Chile being the number one copper producer in the world. So anyway. Cool. Excellent. So is there anything else I should be asking about you? Have you got anything else that's big that's going on that you want to share now i you know i uh as i said i i don't want to make forward-looking statements it's it's been um you know relatively long in coming to get every everybody sort of on site but it is it's sort of like becoming very obvious to let's say south american governments that they really have to start leaping on the bandwagon on the lithium bandwagon because the opportunities are enormous there's lots of money to be made in it and the, and the and the commodity prices are outrageously high so you know this is the chance for for one of these south american as i said argentina bolivia to get on to get involved in, in lithium production and, and as i said you know with the new technology it's going to be relatively benign in terms of um, operations uh, so i i, I would say the future looks bright for for South America and certainly for us being there. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for making the time early in the morning to talk to me. Thank you very much. information about us visit iom3.org or to keep up to date with our latest news follow us on social media using at iom3 on twitter and at the institute of materials minerals and mining on linkedin if you're interested in our upcoming podcasts or want to get involved please subscribe to hear more from us through apple google podcasts or spotify